Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, we of course are here to tell you about DraftKings. Basketball season, the regular season at least, is slowly coming to a close and we are getting ready for the playoffs. So now is the best time to sign up at DraftKings and the DraftKings app to earn your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. All you got to do is download the DraftKings app right now, use that promo code THPN during sign-up, and DraftKings is putting you in the action with free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Remember how it works. When you play daily fantasy basketball, all you do is pick your lineup, you stay under their salary cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. You can also play... Daily Fantasy Hockey, Daily Fantasy Baseball, whatever sport you'd like. Hey, Daily Fantasy NASCAR too. Yes, that happens as well. All at DraftKings, DraftKings.com, promo code THPN. I'm Richie Suave Flores and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Another best of episode to bring you today here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And once again, we are bringing you some of my favorite random shit stories that we have done over the last couple months here on the show. And I'm excited because I have on this particular best of show, I got two of my favorite stories we've ever done. As part of random shit that made Corey and I both very uncomfortable for different reasons. If you got kids in the car, you might want to put earmuffs on there because we get right down into the absolute gutter. We hope you enjoy this best of random shit here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Our last story is, of course, the best story. The one you've all been waiting for for the last, what, three days, ever since I teased it on Twitter. I intentionally blurred out the bottom of it because I did not want to spoil what this new research is all about. But let me read from the New York Post here the first couple paragraphs. Are you ready, Corey? You most definitely are not. Oh, God, I just took another drink. I took a giant gulp. You probably heard me gulping that. Mm-hmm. In preparation for this. Okay. Size does matter when it comes to salary, but not in the way you might think. A survey by Online Bazaar, only by, found that the biggest earners tend to have the smallest willies. To determine whether penis proportions correspond to paycheck size, the e-commerce site recruited 997 men to answer their questions about work, salary, and the dimensions of their manhood. What better way to celebrate International Men's Day, which was earlier this week. The study found that men with units measuring 7 and 8 inches earned an average of about $35,700 and $50,300 per year. Meanwhile, men packing 3-inch penises, the threshold for a micropenis, like our president of the United States, made an annual income of about $76,780 on average, not only that, but males with four-inch penises were far more likely to get promoted per the survey. Oh my gosh. Imagine being the people doing this survey. Like, just imagine sitting there and being like, okay, so we're going to need you to tell us how much money you make. 
all right, I, I need to know the length and the girth of your penis. Like, this is, uh, like, what a questionnaire to be doing, like, uh, scientific-ish study on. That's, that's very, uh, it's gotta be an interesting room to be passing those out in. But, I mean, it makes sense. You have to compensate. I feel like that's a whole compensate situation. Like, you have a small dick, so you're compensating with money. So that way, like, you give off the big dick energy without having a big dick. I mean, I get where it's coming from. They probably try a little bit harder. It's like the one thing, what was the one thing that we... It was something about people that were good looking, right? You know, like... Mm-hmm. You, if you have situations, you end up trying harder and like trying to like advance in the world if you have certain limitations. I mean, no one knows that you have a tiny penis except for yourself. So um, I, I really don't think that should be a motivating force in life. But hey, if that's what gets you there. Coincidentally, only by found that those working in the arts had the highest number of eight-inch dicks, while bankers boasted the most micro-penises on average. <laughs> this is amazing. This is just terrific. Coming in second overall for penis size were manual laborers, who sported the highest proportion of six and seven inches. Meanwhile, medical professionals rounded out the middle with the greatest percentage of average size schlongs, as it says in the copy here. What a story, man. What a story. Congratulations to the guys who are willing to say, hey, my dick is only four inches or whatever. I, I can't imagine actually admitting to that fact to anybody. Does it does it specify in there? Does it say like when they ask them this question, is it like is it a flaccid dick or is it a hard dick? This is this is a big question because there's a lot of people that are growers, not showers. So some people could be, um, you know, off on this because if some people were like, yes, mine is this long when it's hard, which is usually almost always, like, bigger, then, um, then someone else answered the question flaccid. There, there may be an error in their reporting. You know what's funny is I'm looking through this real quick to see if it specifies, and I don't see it anywhere here in the, in the main study. If we're, if we're, what we're, what the parameters of the size are. So maybe there's another study out there where we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I need to know what they did scientifically to make sure that the measuring was all accurate and was the same size, you know? Um, and also, this also calls the question of why do guys, like, measure their dicks anyways? Like, even the fact of having to, like, get your bra size measured just sounds obnoxious to women. So why you would, like, as, like, a man just, like, pull out a ruler and be like, yes, I'm going to measure how long it is, is just weird to me as well. I agree. That was my other question about this study is how were they able to to figure out the size of it? Because Did they just bust out a ruler? Because some people measure it differently than others do. 
So I, I think this study is 100% completely flawed, in my opinion. Too many holes. We just spent two minutes talking about it, and we've already found all these holes. Yeah, I mean, you. the only way, <laughs> this is terrible, but the only way I feel like you could do this study and do it properly is if you were to measure all of the dicks yourself, which, which is not probably possible, but... You know, then you can make sure, like, that it starts, like, properly at the base and that, you know, you have either a flaccid dick or a hard dick. Like, you have to have specifications on here. And I feel like I'm going way too scientific in this, but, like, scientific studies need to have, like, the same controlled parameters. Yes. That's the scientific method. Can you imagine being the guy or the girl who was in charge of doing this and they had to have 997 guys come by and if this was what happened and i don't think it was in the age of covid but you're the doctor or the scientist in this study that had to whip out the ruler and measure 997 guys's dicks can you imagine that well, they made it sound like they they had, like, a questionnaire and someone, like, answered on the questionnaire. Like, yes, that's, oh, I, this is how long right That's exactly what happened, but we're just playing out the scenario that you had entailed about oh, the only way to do it correctly yeah. would be to do it that way. Yeah, it would be. Like, could you imagine that is a... That is a whole new thing. I always think about that, though, when it comes to, like, those, um... ESPN, like, uh, body magazines and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I always go back to that, like, how many, like, boobs, vaginas, and dicks do you see in one day during those photo shoots? That person, I mean, the whatever it was, what was it, 997 or whatever, you would literally be drowning in dicks at that point. So it would be a little bit different, but, um, yeah, that would be interesting, having to measure... Maybe what they should have done is they should have, like, been, like, okay, we're going to team up with, like, a doctor, and every single time, like, someone comes in for a prostate check, they'll get their dick measured. And B- bust out study. the ruler. Bust bust out the yeah. ruler. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think that's a great way to wrap up this show. For the love of God, you probably tur- turned us off about five minutes ago while we were just talking about dongs for five minutes but it was fucking hilarious if you ask me would you go okay it is now time for random shit to close out the show here um 45 minutes later than we expected because of the stinking fire alarm uh quickly one story Corey, about the fire alarm before we uh move on to random shit here and i guess this is random shit i guess technically but i was telling you the story while i was downstairs during the the fire alarm extravaganza that uh, I have two fire alarm stories. One was from 2019 when I went to uh, Pittsburgh to go to my buddy's wedding. And uh, it's the first night uh, we're there. And most of us from that were attending the wedding, were all staying in the same hotel for the most part. And it's, I don't know. I'm already, I'm already asleep. It's, you know, uh, at two o'clock in the morning and I hear the fire alarm go, fire alarm go off at our hotel complex. And I go, 
what the fuck is going on here? And so I'm like, I'm barely awake and I, I'm in my pajamas. I pop on my, uh, actually, you know, what's funny. I don't think I actually wore my slippers. I think I was just like in my socks outside. Um, and I like peeked outside. I was like, what's going on? I should just see if people were leaving, <laughs> like, cause leaving our floor and, and they were, so I was like, oh shit, I should probably go too. And so two o'clock in the morning, the entire, um, people, pretty much everybody that was attending this wedding that was staying at this hotel all had to go downstairs for probably a good solid 35 minutes until the fire department came and cleared the building all because somebody lit up a, uh, a cigarette in the room and set off the smoke alarm. Nothing like getting woken up in the middle of the night by a fire alarm. And, uh, yeah, it was not fun. So I have my fair share of fire alarm stories. And then I have another from high school. Quickly. Uh, I was a freshman. And at some point during the year, I don't know if it was seniors or what or who, somebody didn't like a class. For about an entire week, two weeks period, we knew that at this time, I think it was a little after noon or so, right at the start of my Spanish class, the fire alarm would go off and the entire school would have to evacuate. And it happened on a daily basis for like two weeks. And it was like, we all of us like would go and sit down in our class and we'd be like, all right, well, we should probably get ready to leave for the fire alarm. And, and, uh, and it happened for two straight weeks. Don't know what happened. Don't know if the person was arrested because I'm pretty sure that's legal. You can't do it. Even if you're a minor and in high school, but those are my those are my two fire alarm stories I got. So the moral of the story is Richie never really got through a single Spanish class, so don't take him anywhere that you need him to speak Spanish. This is true. I suck at Spanish. I failed a Spanish class in college too, so just in case you know. Okay, I got a couple stories for you, Corey. Let's begin. Uh, do you you did you ever finish watching the Queen's Gambit? Yes, great I show, did. right? Terrific. Way more entertaining than a show about chess ever should be. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure when they pitched that show and someone heard, oh, you're doing a show about chess, it was like a hard sell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, based on the book, of course. And it's like, I saw a chart where it was literally like one of the top five most watched Netflix series of the year number one was tiger king and queen's gambit was in the top five so on the heels of the success of the queen's gambit there's another classic game that's going to try and win over audiences in the form of a movie or a miniseries it's going to be the rubik's cube there is there is a production no. company and a producer that I've teamed up to produce a feature film based on the Rubik's Cube. And they don't have a public release date yet. And apparently there's also a Rubik's-inspired TV game show in the works, too. Um, so, who knew that Rubik's Cubes were, like, the next big thing, apparently. Uh, I used to play around with Rubik's Cubes when I was a kid. I sucked at them, and they were, like, the most frustrating thing I've ever done with in my life. So, I'm curious... How the fuck they're going to turn this into anything interesting? I always thought it was more of like a like a 90s like party trick. Oh look, I can mm -hmm. finish a Rubik's Cube. 
How are you going to make that into something watchable? I don't know. I don't understand this. If, is there something special about this Rubik's Cube? Is, can, can this, if you, is it like these people are under a lot of pressure? Like they're gonna explode unless they like finish this Rubik's Cube? What, what are they going to do to try and make this exciting? Like in the Queen's Gambit, they had a lot of like really, it was the, tackled a lot of things that tackled, you know, um, being an orphan and addiction and, and all of that. And then it had like the, the era part of it where it was, you know, uh, it was like a period piece in that way and stuff like that. So like they added a lot of things to it and then they all ha added um, strange, just like sexual tension throughout the entire thing too. Um, so like they did a bunch of things to make it interesting. I don't know what you can do to make a Rubik's Cube interesting. Um, the one thing about chess that's always going to be interesting is the fact that it, you know you have like so many different options of moves that it just in itself makes it like enamoring in that sense. Um, I'm not sure about Rubik's Cubes. I'm, I'm sure, like, you can, you can do Rubik's Cube in a bunch of different ways. I don't know. I never really solved Rubik's Cubes. I never really got into that. But, like, is this going to be competitive Rubik's Cubing? Is that a thing? I don't know. I feel like my brain's getting pretzeled just thinking about it. <laughs> so, the, yeah, you can expect that on your screens eventually. Um... Hopefully they make it interesting. Maybe they will. Um, next up. I was betting yeah, on checkers. Checkers might be next. Maybe yo-yo. Yo-yoing could be next. You never know. All right. I got one last story for you. Super quick one here so we can get out of here. Um, police in South Africa are investigating a possible international gold smuggling ring after they seized 162 pounds of gold bars worth about $4.1 million at the Johannesburg Airport. Where were the where where were they hiding the bars? Does, does it say? Uh, the South African Police Services circulated photos uh, revealing that three suspects from Madagascar were arrested after the bars were discovered in their carry-on luggage. Authorities thought something looked suspicious when the bags went through a security check. So, like, they didn't even try to hide it. They just literally tried to smuggle this stuff onto the plane. That, that is not creative no. at all. There was a... Yeah, we, like had a, we had There was a story I did on Kenny and Crash a while back where it was a similar story about smuggling gold, but they, like, smuggled it, like, up their booties. Yeah, well, that's why I was, like... I was thinking, I'm, like... Well, that's why I asked you, because I was, like, okay, well... Okay, if it's like a like a gold bar, gold bar, like that that's pretty large, like that would be interesting. Um and then I was like maybe they put like a you know, like a trap lining in there and then they put something over top of it to try and like hide it in some way. Like that there's no creativity in just trying to literally like smuggle them through. Exactly. So congratulations. Now I don't know where this money goes. That's the thing, like is it just going to a vault somewhere and just like never to be seen again? Does it get like melted down? 
I don't know, that's a lot of money. You just keep hitting from away. But who knows? Okay, let's let's move on to our final story. Oh boy, I cannot wait for you to hear this. Okay, so <clears throat> a Brazilian model claims that she increases her sex drive with a little afternoon delight by the way of sunning. Now, let me read the headline here, which we caught on Twitter before I continue. The headline was, Model claims sunbathing blank for two hours a day boosted her libido. So, I'm going to give you one final guess as to what you think it may be. Okay. See, this is, here's the thing. Is I keep on, so we had gotten a bunch of different, um, bunch of different things, right? And, um... And like my my first thought always just goes straight to like vagina because it feels like you know point A to point B would make sense, but then I just feel like it's not going to be something we're ex- we're expecting. It's going to be something like sunbathing her elbow or her her back or something, and I feel like it's going to be something very just calm, and we're not going to expect it, and it's making me very uncomfortable. Um, but I'm just gonna go with my 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 initial one um, and and say her crotch because I just really yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that you'd be correct. Model claims sun but sunbathing vagina for two hours a day boosted her libido. Nothing better than a morning sun. The Instagram model captioned a nude Instagram post of herself this week in which she displays her displays her naked body legs spread in the sun. She says, Did you know that exposing your private parts to the sun can provide you with more energy, increase your libido, improve your circadian rhythm, which regulates the entire functioning of the human body, and still help you get a good night's sleep? I like, I like the way you said the, uh, the part that it regulates your body. Yeah, it's... I don't know how um, uh, sunbathing your vagina helps with um, with your sleep. I mean, circadian rhythm has to do with sunlight, yes. Um, which is why blind people have they have to have that like twenty four whatever. There's like a medicine for it, non twenty four. I think is what it's called um, because they don't have one naturally because of the, the sun coming up and setting and stuff like that but i i don't see the importance of this i mean um people have been doing nude beaches especially in, in like european countries for years and i i feel like they haven't said anything too extra special about um being naked in the sun, giving them extra special powers. Um, maybe she's just horny. You know? I just don't, I don't, the, the way that this is, that this is going to help her in any way. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the next scientific study they need to do. And also too, though. Well, she is an answer. This is a health question. What happens if you get skin cancer down there? This is true, but I don't, I don't see how it's any different than tanning in general. 
because this is, let me read the rest of the story here. Several studies have linked vitamin D to sex drive changes, although this particular model doesn't cite any scientific backing for pointing your genitalia at the sky. Now, remember last year, there was a trend among people called perineum sunning, where basically you were sunning your booty, like your lit, your legit butthole last year that was the thing that was yeah. happening last year yes that was what everyone kept on saying on our twitter when you posted it mm-hmm. yeah but no yeah so according to dr diana gall she is a online doctor um uk-based online doctor service she said there's no evidence that sunbathing in this way has any effect on physical well-being yes practicing mindfulness and meditation and getting your dose of vitamin d is beneficial for mental and physical health but you don't need to damage your skin in the process from sun exposure yeah that's what i'm just like what makes any difference in like going outside for a little bit and being in the sun and getting your vitamin d that way what why do you have to be doing it that way. I just feel like that's also uncomfortable. Like, if I'm going to go and lay out in the sun, then I want to be able to just, like, lay and, like, read a book or have a drink or something. Why would you want to be, like... Because I'm assuming it would be, like, in in the way that, like, Kat had replied to our tweet and the fact that you would, like, need to be, like, holding your legs up and doing, like, all sorts of fun stuff. I just feel like it's not... It's not relaxing or... I feel like it's pointless. It's super pointless. I agree. Other than, I'm sure there are a lot of people that that love doing some nude sunbathing. Like I'm sure that's perfectly fine. But she got a lot of clicks on Which, her Instagram, so good for her. I mean, like if you want to do nude sunbathing, that totally makes sense. That's totally fine. Like whatever. I mean, like uh, if you want to make sure you don't get skin cancer, you might want to be like checking that relatively often. But I mean, like. Uh, um, but to like literally lay in a specific way so that way the sun hits a specific part of your body is just weird. Like if you're doing it for like, cause it's, it's freeing and it's relaxing or tan lines or any of that type of stuff, that makes sense. This doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. So there you go. So congratulations. I think somebody actually got it right. If I'm not mistaken, let's go back here quickly. Uh, to our mentions. That was my guessing part, but then I started second guessing myself because everyone had really dirty ideas about it, and then I was just like, maybe I, sh- maybe I should change it to something like completely random. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm over. Like I was underthinking it, and then I started overthinking it. But I, I'm glad I was right from the start. Oh God, I hope not. After those last those two stories, I'm I'm kind of spent at this point. So um, and enjoy your days leading up to Christmas, everyone. Go listen to some Christmas music. There you go. Those last 25 minutes, once again, proving that our show is the weirdest, wackiest, and most unique show on the entire network here at the Hockey Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed, cringed, laughed at the last 25 minutes of this particular episode and, of course, of the last episode that came out earlier this week. But uh, we'll be back with brand new episodes coming up next week here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Corey will be back with me too. Until we meet again, Sporting Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.